Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to Blighty Day Fiancé, the UK's leading 90 Day Fiancé UK recap podcast hosted by a husband and a wife. None of the others are. (laughs) None of the, they might be hosted by strange people or indeed strange people or strangers, but none of them, none of them can match this. Have I bothered to check? No, I have not. Nah, Nah, never check. The episode that we're covering this week is entitled, You've Got to Come Clean. I'll come clean right now. Numbers confuse me. (laughs) Weights and measures, temperatures. I've lived in this beautiful country now for over a decade, and I have still not learned how to convert weights and measures or temperature. By this point, we should have all just agreed on something, shouldn't we? But maybe we don't need numbers for things. No, it, it would, however, be nice if... The episode numbers corresponded with the ones in America so that that we didn't get confused on socials and the like. Yeah, for us, this is episode five. In the US, I guess it's episode three. So we'll just agree it's episode four, shall we? (laughs) No. I think we'll just go by the title. And speaking of the US, we are very excited to be able to announce that we are appearing on Reality Gaze, which is my favorite 90-day universe podcast in the world. Absolutely. They do them all. 
they're doing this, they're doing this show, they do 90 Day Original, they do Happily Ever After, they do all those, all, all of the different 90 Day things, and a load of other great shows. We thoroughly recommend them, if you like any reality TV, they're the best. They're just the best. And it's a huge honor for us. So very yes, exciting. Particularly in our freshman year, if you like. Right. Um, not entirely sure when that will drop. Uh, it'll probably, uh, there'll be some of it on our feed and some of it maybe on their feed. Um, we will let you know. Keep an eye on the socials. Uh, we're at, at Blighty Day and we'll absolutely let you know when it drops. Or of course, you can do the sensible thing and like and subscribe and all that, right? And follow. And oh, yeah, then it'll just appear absolutely. by magic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so check out Reality Gaze uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. And while you're at it, if you could leave us a review and a rating, it really, really helps other people discover our podcast. We really appreciate it. We do. Also, we have, as I mentioned previously, an immigration lawyer, a UK immigration lawyer, I should say, uh, coming on as a guest free of charge to answer your questions specifically about UK immigration. We can't go into detail, obviously. No, and, we, and we're not going to like give you free like legal consultations <laughs> no. either. So can we try and keep it about the show? Like, don't just say I'm, you know, my boyfriend Samir wants to move over to this country. We're very much in love. How do we? No, 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 no. We're talking about the show. Um, but if you have any questions about the show or any kind of little uh, little wrinkles that you want to explore, um, drop us a line, blightydayfiance at gmail.com, and we'll get those questions over to him when he's on uh, later you're in the series yeah we just want to let we want to meet the rest of the cast and let some of the storylines settle a little bit before we we bring in the expert to pick apart all the legal inaccuracies yeah do we have i'm sure there are many do we ever want to meet the rest of the cast this is really i like (laughs) you probably noticed hopefully some of you guys out there noticed they did it again they trailed once again the cast members who just refused to keep coming on every week poor callum what is callum isn't it i feel so bad for him like in my head every week he sort of gets these viewing parties with all his friends and family (laughs) they're all sitting around they got the uh he's got got the gold mylar balloons that say nine zero the freshly baked pork growlers and they're all you know this will be the week that you're on caleb oh we can't wait to watch you on tv 15 minutes go by nothing happens Ugh. Ugh. week after week after week hashtag justice for caleb justice for caleb hopefully we'll meet him next week if not the week after um yeah i am very excited to meet some of the new cast members uh but since we're here why don't we talk about some of the existing ones unless there's anything else you can think of uh you wanted to talk about something didn't you uh we're not just here for the 90 day things in life we have other kind of lives um that they're all just watching tv to be honest yes Um, we are huge huge fans of television. We believe that we are living now in the golden age of television and that movies are a colossal waste of time for the most part. (laughs) Wow. Um, If you need any further evidence of that, watch the latest adaptation of Persuasion on Netflix, which I hear is a pile of cow dung. Oh, dear. I didn't get past the trailer. Um, I was listening to one of my favorite true crime podcasts, of which there are many, and I was thinking there's definitely an overlap in uh, reality TV fans, true crime fans, and those who are perhaps not fans of but are fascinated by cults and religious fundamentalism. 
So if you wanted something that explores both true crime and religious fundamentalism, I cannot recommend highly enough something that probably aired 18 months ago in America and I just <laughs> never heard about it. Uh, it's like one of these really late recommendations. Yes, yeah, yes. Sorry. Breaking Bad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Great show. Um, the show that I am recommending is called Under the Banner of Heaven. Robin felt the title was pretentious, but uh, then he found out where it came from and now yeah. he's eating those words. I still don't like the font though because it's under the banner of heaven but the two ends in the in, in the word banner are, are like joined together so it looks like under the banner of heaven and I don't know what a banner is. He was the 44th president. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a really, really good show. It is. It's a phenomenal show. Uh, Andrew Garfield is the lead. Daisy Edgar Jones is also in it. And a whole load of other British actors of sort of closer to my generation. It's nice that that tradition is continuing, that there's now a new generation of British actors taking over uh, American roles. But man, did he earn it. Not only does Andrew Garfield look gorgeous in suits that should not look good on anyone, uh, he's a phenomenal actor. There's so much going on behind the eyes. It's a fascinating, compelling story. I don't want to give anything away, but I will say uh, if you can't deal with um, historical flashbacks uh, to events that may or may not have happened and are actually quite bloody. Con yeah. And contentious. Yeah, you might want to you might want to avoid it. But, but it's really good. It's really Twin Peaksy. Yes, very Twin Peaks. So many echoes of Twin Peaks. True echoes detective. of True Detective. Yeah. It's so good. Very and, good. You know, we all need um, to ground ourselves in uh, in drama sometimes <clears throat> in the in in the well thought out scripted kind of drama. The kind of drama where a lady from Wolverhampton mysteriously meets a shadowy figure from Japan. Can you tell I'm trying to get on with the recap? Yes, <laughs> yes. That's, and, and that's fine. There's not a whole lot to say about Victoria and Sean this week. Um, she did cook for him. Uh, bangers and mash. And you and I had a discussion previously about whether it was a curly sausage or a... Yorkshire pud yeah, that, that was served upon. <laughs> really hard to tell. I mean, look, I've just spent enough money on an expensive 4K TV, frankly. Um, <laughs> it now turns out I might need to upgrade to like 8K or something so I can see if what I'm watching is a Yorkshire pudding, which is like a sort of fried batter bowl, um, or, or a sausage. Honestly, couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. But the curly sausage, do you have curly sausages in the States? No, not really. We also don't have Yorkshire puddings. So I should explain if if you imagine if you imagine a bread bowl, but it's made out of out of dough that you might uh, like a savory dough instead of a funnel cake, which is sweet. It's that sort of consistency, but it's like buttery, salty rather than sweet like a funnel cake would be. Yeah, it's like a savoury donut almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, don't even know if they were eating that, frankly. <laughs> uh, 
And the reason we don't know is because it was just really brown. And and that's not the first time that they've shown very, very brown food on this show and said that this is British food. And I take great umbrage. We don't only eat brown foods. There's there's at least one yellow food in this country. There's some red food in this country, maybe even some pink. We do all the colours, I promise. Um, but so far, it's just a lot of brown. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's... There's a reason why um, there's a town in Scotland where the the male mortality rate is something like 54, and it is because they fry absolutely everything. Well, they deep fry everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, but that's the thing, like in Glasgow, like you can get like deep fried Mars bars and stuff and, and delicious they are too. But I would like to dispel the impression that everything in this entire country is fried. It's not really the case, honestly. No, although, and we should also say we've, we've uh, said before that, that neither of us eats pork um, and Robin unfortunately has a wheat allergy. So he's taken out of the sausage roll. Um, can't eat the growlers. Running, can't have the growlers. Yeah, it's difficult. So, so to be honest, watching this show is I'm spending most of the evening in the loo, <laughs> which isn't unusual for me. But there's there's a lot of gluten in this show. But but people are reacting on on the socials. I mean, somebody said. Uh, British cuisine is is some words to the effect of British cuisine is not the way to win people over. What the fuck is onion gravy? Um, un- to answer your question, onion gravy is really like normal gravy, I think, with onions in it. You just caramelize the onions until yeah. you get that lovely Maillard effect and uh, not the duck. And then a bit of stock, maybe some red wine, reduce it down. It's a gravy. So keep your minds open about British food, but also um, maybe don't go to Angus Steakhouse. If yeah, you come never here. do that. <laughs> never do that. Uh, better or worse than Denny's. We'll get Ooh, to Denny's. We will get to Denny's. So yeah, not much happening with Victoria and Sean. Um, I'm beginning to feel like she didn't have any conversations about him uh, before he came over. And it's starting to feel, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a blind date. This is like 90 day blind date UK. It's really, really weird. Like usually these people have, like Sean has been having this relationship for how many years? Uh, Richard has been, which one of them's longer actually? One of the, are they no, both I think about three both, years? Both of them are two years, I think. Yeah, two, three years. Like these people generally really know each other. Yeah. Uh, this is weird as hell. This is not that. And I'm very confused. And I, I have a few conspiracy theories. One of which is that this wasn't the only guy that she was talking to. And that maybe there was somebody else and that person didn't want to be filmed, and so she was talking to this one instead. Oh, the old Serrano de Bergerac. It just popped into my head. No, not even not even anything that deep. Just that she was talking to a Japanese man um, who did not want to be on the show, for example. Oh. Or their relationship didn't work out by the time they got to filming, and she thought, well, this guy's a bit of a wild card but maybe i can squeeze it in it's the only thing i can think of because honestly unless you're in kind of a a bible ben relationship where your your communication consists of like 
I can't wait to see you. Your heart is so beautiful. We were meant to be. Isn't this nice? Isn't that nice? I I just don't understand how these things weren't addressed. Or maybe they just spent their entire time talking about Pokemon Go. They might have. Which is fine. (laughs) I mean... I mean, I could talk about it for hours. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie, Robin. When I saw on your WhatsApp, and no, I wasn't uh, creeping on your phone, but when I saw Victoria Pokemon Go uh, many years ago for the first time, I was a little concerned. You thought that was like some girl that played you know my dream girl obviously because you know we could do raids together exactly trade and stuff uh no it's just the area of london where there was a group of people it's where i worked (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah i don't she claims to have asked questions and she's put the burden on him for not having been direct and not having answered them but it it just makes absolutely no sense to me that people who had been in contact for two years would a be so awkward together upon meeting and b just be talking about two completely different things all the time here's an example of where they talked about two different things because like he says i would be happy to move to wolverhampton finally after some interminable discussion and she's like surprised by that but i think he meant birmingham because he thinks he's in birmingham which is also wolverhampton do you know what like neither of them really knows what the other one is saying it's not lost in translation in any way it's just i don't they're they're just in slightly different realities there's no ability to communicate and that's why like it's it's hopeless (laughs) Because it can't get any better. They, they literally are speaking two different languages. It's very, it's very hard to watch. Um, if you're not following his social media, it's a complete joy. Uh, he seems like quite the bon vivant. He's got a touch of the um, the James Blunts about him on social, hasn't he? Yes, he's very good at deflecting yeah. criticism. It's quite good fun. <laughs> I do like him. I do like him. I don't. I I don't dislike him, and I and I might be slightly unfair to her, but it's very difficult to watch someone who is, you know, competent in all areas of her life, from what I can see, just completely fall on her face time and time again when it comes to communicating, and it's almost like she bobs and weaves around certain topics and certain ways of phrasing things so that she can get him to say what she wants to hear. And then she doubts it immediately and puts that back on him. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. It, it, we, like, we spoke about this before, but it's it, the laughter at the end of every sentence is a way of shutting down any interaction from the other person and sort of forcing them to say what you want them to say. And then when they say what you want them to say, you're aware that you've sort of coerced it out of them. And so you go, but you don't really mean that. And it's like, well, why am I even in this conversation? I would just, I would find that so difficult to be around. Can't stand it. Met people like that. Can't stand it. I've worked with people like that as well. And it's like, okay, well... Do you want this or that? It's the conversational equivalent of someone who, you know, like when you're watching like a sitcom on TV and there's a funny line and the person you're with repeats the funny line. (laughs) 
and does a laugh. You get the same thing at, um, at, at stand-up shows. Like there's an echo. People literally say back the punchlines to, to people. It's the same thing. It's the conversational equivalent of that. Awful. So that's kind of it for them, a holding pattern. I'm looking forward to uh, next week's, um, maybe it'll be next week and they might hold it back, but the house hunting, that'll be a joy. Um, Recommendation for our US listeners, there is a British sitcom called Staff Let's Flats, S-T-A-T-H, Let's Flats. It's got um, her out of uh, What We Do in the Shadows in it. What's her name? Natasha. Natasha Demetrio. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. very good. Well remembered. Go on. And her brother. It's ridiculously funny um estate agents it, it's a guy called staff who is an estate agent that's what we call realtors in this country they're called estate agents um and i just love the idea of staff showing them around some flats so in my dream there's going to be a crossover for that but i suspect it'll be nothing like that i did think it was cute though that um she thought i don't i can't remember which who this came from, but there was some misunderstanding about the term coach station, which we don't have in America, by the way. Uh, You just call them bus stations, right? Yeah. But there is a difference in this country between buses within a town or city or a few like local area, and then buses which go between cities. And coaches. Right. They're called coaches, right? So the ones that do the big long journeys, coaches, and the ones that do the more local routes, buses so a coach is very very different um i <laughs> i think i know that coach station well i know a coach station in birmingham pretty um better than i would like to um when i was a teenager me and my mate um would follow morrissey around I don't like morrissey anymore um for obvious reasons but we follow him around the country on tour and to, to fund it um we'd sell bits of his shirt that we sort of faked uh, because he throws his shirt into the crowd every day and, and we, we sort of go, I've got a bit of the shirt and people buy it off us for 20 quid. So we would go around the country fraudulently paying our way. Um, and um, I remember one night we were in the coach station in Birmingham, Digbeth, I believe, um, and waiting for the bus, which wasn't going to be till the next morning to get out of town. And it was bitterly, bitterly cold and the uh, coach station was not somewhere you want to be at Can night. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Did either of you say to the other, and if a double-decker bus crashes into us, to die by your side would be a heavenly way to die? It was a coach station. Again, we've been through the difference. (laughs) It's not, and if a double-decker coach crashes into a moat. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, No. um, (laughs) um, Anyway. It's very, very cold, bitterly cold, middle of winter. Wanted to find somebody to warm up. So we go into the cafe uh, just down the road. It's the only thing that's open. Go to the front counter, ask for some tea, ask for some sugar in the tea. And the woman puts sugar in the tea and then stirs it with her finger. Properly stirs our tea with her finger. That's disgusting. And I don't know if that's normal there. I don't know if, like, Sean, as he stared out and looked at that particular coat station, knew. Like, we were talking about British cuisine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he knows that probably the, the very nadir, the low, low point of British cuisine was just over the, over the road there. Awful, awful place. Never want to go back. So moving on then to Katie and Alejandro. Katie and Alejandro. Shall I do jingles? Yeah, maybe after some practice and a couple of drinks. Yeah. Um, so Alejandra's waiting for her at the airport. 
Um, uh, which airport is that? Well, I don't know which airport it is, but... Which city is that? They are headed towards Guajaladara. Yeah, sure, Guajaladara. Um, which I believe is the Welsh name. <laughs> that would be Guajaladara. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's Anyway, <laughs> come on, y'all. Um, I love it. There's nothing like a good malapropism. And she's obviously incredibly intelligent and very smart. And Spanish is not a language that she knows yet. And those things are really difficult. Some people can't roll the R. They just can't. What happens to the R? Um, So rather than... When I used to teach Spanish uh, as a Spanish tutor, when people couldn't roll the R, I would say... Just just put a D sound in instead, like perro, right? Is it is dog? Just say pedo instead. It's a little cheat sheet. Yeah. It's good. Anyway, it's gonna be a two-week trip. Alejandro is hoping to win her over to Mexico. He's already halfway there. Uh she's seen the Denny's. She's seen the Walmart. Um All right, I'm gonna side. <laughs> he was a little mean about this, but one of the brilliant things when you travel is seeing those things. It doesn't matter if they're good or if they're bad. And yeah, it, it is thrilling. It's, I don't know if Americans will ever understand this. Like we grow up seeing this stuff. You don't grow up seeing our stores, right? So like no American comes over to this country and goes, oh, Oliver Bonas, right? <laughs> it just doesn't happen, okay? Um, oh, it's a next we we go over to America and we see these things which we've seen in the movies and TV, right? Because you know, dominant yeah, like culture. Seven Eleven. Yeah, Seven Eleven. We yeah. used to have Seven Elevens in this country, um, but they pretty much all shut down um, or burned down. Um, so <laughs> they were never nice. They were never nice. Um, I've got a lot of good stories about Denny's. Okay. Um, I used to work at a Denny's. I'm just going to tell one story quickly uh, to put things in context. The Denny's that I worked at, this was one of three jobs that I had at the time back in the old US of A, uh, in my early 20s when I had the energy for for three jobs <laughs> um, and the need. Uh, the Denny's that I waitressed at was between a mental hospital, a uh, what's nicely referred to as a as a retirement community for active seniors and a prison the holy trifecta so the, the yes the clientele were very interesting not as interesting as my coworkers one of whom was a 6 foot 5 lady called mary um who uh, some of us referred to as the old battle axe because she really was one. She had, if you think of your typical diner waitress from like a Quentin Tarantino movie, she had the like bright green eyeshadow, bright pink lipstick, uh, faint mustache combo. Um, Mary had seven kids five of whom were either in prison or um out was, was that the local prison was that the prison I next door to the denny's no i it's don't conv- it's convenient visit the kids go to work it's yeah, like daycare it, it? it might have been anyway suffice it to say it was a very memorable time in my life i i think those stories will probably come out over time but for the time being 
uh, go to IHOP instead, everyone. <laughs> For your diner that has a menu that's 70,000 pages long and serves any kind of food you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, always yeah. the best kind of restaurants. Those. Factory food. Um, anyway, Katie rolls up. She is the first gal to stay at um, Alejandro's parents' house, which is very interesting. I was surprised that they shared a bedroom. That's usually a no-no in a Catholic home. You know what I loved? I loved the fact that they they completely uh, yada yada over it and just skated rather than having... like There was... Um, Season five, Nicole and Azam, was that his name? Yes. Oh my gosh. It took about six weeks of deciding whether, like, of episodes, whether she was going to sleep in his room or not. And it was so damn dull. This show's brilliant. They just get straight through it. It's like, we've had the conversation, we're going to do it. And his family were so warm and so welcoming. They described her as cheerful and sincere and happy. I really do think that she is totally without guile. She really is just pure um, sunshine and authenticity and just sweetness and she lit up those parents right because there were a few people that were thinking oh they're a bit severe and grave and it's not gonna but the smiles on their faces when they met her yeah because she is she's different again i i really think it's down to it's not that they're necessarily um severe or cold people it's that they do not know what show they're on and they don't really know how they're supposed to act on camera like for them, they're probably like, okay, I've seen a documentary before. You <laughs> yeah. know, I've seen Grizzly Man or <laughs> I don't know why. I went to- I'm just I'm just imagining like Werner Herzog coming in to guest produce <laughs> 90 Day Fiance. Are you suggesting that Alejandro makes friends with Katie and it all seems to be going very well? But then at the end of their relationship, she savages him to death. Did I just spoil Grizzly Man? I spoiled Grizzly Man. Yeah. yeah. Well, but maybe metaphorically speaking, isn't 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 all love that way? All that love that way, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And are they are they sitting at the kitchen table at, at breakfast with the indifferent stare of hunger in their eyes? Yeah. As I, they well, I'd be hungry if I thought potatoes were grapefruit. <laughs> Or the other way around. That looked so much like a potato. It did. I would have grapefruit would have been. Not even my 10th guess as to what that was. I continue to be on Katie's side in most things, and that was a potato. I think they switched it. I think think her dad is a sleight-of-hand magician, started off with a potato on his place, switched it out for a grapefruit just to make fun of the foreigner. There you go. There's your conspiracy theory for the week. It it looked so much like a potato. (laughs) Anyway, it'll be called hashtag potato gate. Um... There was a bit of a mishap with the with the translation there, apart from her talking about potatoes when there were no potatoes on the table. Mm. Um, the words, uh, again, she doesn't know Spanish at this point, hasn't really learned enough to to have a conversation. And I think she was asking if it was a healthy dish. I think what she... I understand what she was trying to say, but the way that it came out, the word that she used, and I could be wrong. This might be a, a 
dialectical difference. Um, but my understanding is that that word means healthy as in like, is this safe to eat? Like health and safety. Yeah. 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 Um, and it might have been read as a as kind of a criticism of of the meal. Yeah. But they but they all laughed about it and the potato thing brought everyone together. So But that's a beautiful example of the way that she constantly puts her foot in things. And I kinda like people that put their feet in things. It's cause they don't think everything through. They just act. There's no malice. She did it um when she said that the house looks like a prison as well. She didn't yeah. mean anything bad by it. I mean it did it had bars all over the windows, you know? And then, you know, she said things about being like a foreigner when she's in the market. And I know that there'll be things where people think that she's kind of insensitive there is a huge difference between being insensitive and being authentic and she's just really authentic also both americans and britons have a terrible habit of using words like foreigner when they're in a different country when you're the foreigner (laughs) when you're the foreigner (laughs) that is that's something i've come across uh many a times during travels in in Europe. So, yeah, she's overwhelmed by the the feast for the senses before her, right? The market is exciting. I think she likes it, though. She's got that big old camera around her neck. She does. It's sweet. I love the way he said touristy shit. I mean, he's got good English. Like, if you can swear (laughs) with that level of grace, it seems a no-brainer to me that they should definitely move to the UK because he can swear better in English than she can swear in Spanish. Well, I think selfishly, uh, it would be a loss, not just to Katie's family, but to the country as a whole, if she went to Mexico. Yeah, we ain't letting her go. Now that I know about her, I can't really imagine. Back off, Alejandro, she's ours. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyway, it seems as though things are progressing nicely for them, and they are so clearly so much in love. Yeah, um, it's still just the, such uh, joy to watch. Again, this yeah. is really, and I think quite a few of of the um, jaded audience, the longtime fans of Ninety Day Original Recipe, like myself, will will be pleasantly surprised and and refreshed by the innocence of Ninety Day Fiance UK. It has it it has so many of the elements that we really miss from 90 day original recipe the the innocence of it all and the sort of casting people who aren't camera ready and you know perfectly poised to sell something i am dreading season six though where katie goes to turkey to get cheap veneers (laughs) (laughs) but for now for now it's a god forbid um should we go on to sean and christine oh boy um here's the thing about sean and christine folks uh this story is incredibly depressing and it feels like it's getting darker and darker now what i will say And this is going to be another hot take that no one is going to like. I want you to think very carefully before you criticize the cast of this show about how they treat their partners. 
and who treats their partners well and who treats their partners respectfully and who maybe hides major big deals from their partners. And then maybe reevaluate, you know, the things that you say about them. And I think I know what you're saying. Do you get me? I think, and this is, look, Sean doesn't mean to be an arsehole, but Sean's kind of an arsehole here. His own massive desire to have this thing at any cost could potentially rip a family apart. It's not okay to lie in the way that he has. It's it's really ugly, actually. And I get it. I get it. It comes from such a good place and he's desperate and everything. But it is so hard to watch someone create their own undoing in this way. Yes. And and there's a lot of things that are that are deeply unhealthy. Um it's not expensive to clean your home. It's not expensive to wash your dishes. It's not expensive even it's not even expensive to childproof a home or to put some thought into a room that a, a toddler is going to be sleeping in. And how long has he had? Like years by this point. And just to say, oh, I, I didn't have the money. It's expensive to, it's not expensive to move a cardboard box with an umbrella sticking out of the side of it somewhere else out of a child's bed. It doesn't cost anything. No. And you know, I I actually, I will say this about our, our neighborhood. I think, was it on next door where somebody started a collection for a, a single mom? Yeah. Um, so in, in this, well, First, ask around your local neighborhood. People have always got things that they will donate. Always. People have got like beds and chests of drawers and like ovens and fridges and stuff. You'd be amazed what people do. There's a great website in this country, in the UK, called FreeCycle. Um, They're not sponsoring us. No, 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 no. Um, I think it's, I don't think any money's involved with FreeCycle. I mean, God forbid they ever gave us any. the, the idea is you say, I have this, who wants it, right? And it's a, it's an eco thing, really. You know, the idea is, why would you throw something out when someone can make great use of it? But but Sean could be getting all of this stuff. I mean, he can't be getting top-of-the-line, really lovely stuff, right? This isn't like some aspirational, you know, you don't find Gucci handbags on FreeCycle, but you find what you need. And, you know, there are good charities, I think, that could help. I think he's very deserving of it. I just don't think he's tried. No, I think there's a lot of shame involved, um, a ton of shame, a prohibitive amount of shame. But fundamentally, this is going to be a really tough one to call, to be honest. Um, I, Christine has three other children who are older than Christiane, yani, 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 yani. She's saying goodbye to them. She's telling her parents that Sean is going to be looking after them financially. This is all- Meanwhile, Sean's telling Jimmy that he isn't. And you know for an absolute fact, he has said that he will. You know he has. Yeah, this isn't isn't a miscommunication. And, And I also would like to say, and this might also be a very unpopular opinion, but whether you like it or not- This is a relationship in which finance plays a very important and critical role. He has been supporting Christine and her family 
And to lie about the nature of his finances is a form of financial abuse. I'm just going to say it. In the same way that it would be if she were lying to him about how it was spent or what she was using it for. This is a transactional relationship. I'm sorry, it just is. It's incredibly sad because he's just clearly unwell. And I don't like shows. Everything was great about 90 Day Fiance UK up to the point where I'm like, this guy isn't well. And I'm even thinking back a few minutes and I, I, I called him, you know, I called him an arsehole, I think, a minute ago. And I and looking back at it, that's not really fair because he's not well, but he is acting in a way that is cruel. I think it's unwitting, but I also think there is a part of him that knows. And to to sort of step back his employment because he's clearly under extraordinary stress and I don't think he's very well. And you know what? Absolutely no problem with people taking care of themselves. I, you know, more power to you, but not when you have other people depending on you who should be given the choice of changing their minds. Right. Exactly. Not when you have that level of responsibility. Um, Tell her, tell her, I like, like, you know, Jimmy, the friend says, you've got to tell her that you're no longer the cleaning manager. You're, you're a cleaner and you're making a lot less money and you're working less and you haven't done the house up and all of these things. Tell her those things. And if she says, look, I still love you. We'll make it work somehow. Great. But to not tell her, oof, it, it, it makes me shiver. I also found pigtails on the little boy confusing. I know. I'm not saying that we need to strictly adhere to gender norms. I'm not going to put that on a child, but um, that might not. It was a bold look. I'm just <laughs> it was saying. A very bold look. I'm just saying. I don't think it's going to go down well. Where do they live again? It's um, it's Botley in Hampshire, right? Yeah, that's right. But who knows? Soon everyone might be might be looking like we don't know the name of that kid. Do we? We probably do. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Now to dig ourselves out of that bottomless pit of despair uh, that almost certainly won't turn (sighs) out well. The last time I saw Richard is one of my favorite Joni Mitchell songs. Oh, boy. The last time we saw Richard was last week. Two weeks Richard in a row. And this time we got a mini Richard. Little Alfie, who I have to say... Uh, is not entirely dissimilar to my own sweet stepson. This is true. Robin's child, who is 10. Uh, He does have a less coarse uh, vocabulary than young Alfie, but uh, again, two (laughs) years behind. I don't know. I I think they have, this is really nice to see, and hopefully this is going to endear Richard to the audience a little more than uh, previous segments because it seems like they have a great relationship. This looks like more than a weekend dad sort of a gig. You know, like every once in a while on 90 Day, they have like a friend or family member who is just gold and just calls the person for Mm -hmm. exactly what they are, right? Alfie absolutely calls (laughs) his dad, like better than any adult could. So if you're wondering what to make of Richard, listen to Alfie. His dad's a bit of a dick, but he loves him. Yeah. And he's also got, it seems that he's got a good relationship with his son's mother as well. Although 
I also would not be thrilled if um, your son's mother came to us right before half term, which uh, for Americans, half term usually means like two weeks off of school. It's usually a week. It feels like two weeks. <laughs> oh, God, it feels like a year. <laughs> it feels very long. Um, but, yeah, not a great time no. uh, to to go for a visit. Um, it's usually more expensive to travel. Yeah. Too. So, um, anyway, but the reasons are legit. He's going out to see poor Kathleen, who has failed her English test. That blew me away. Because Kathleen seems to have really good English, and I don't understand. I do not understand how she failed that test. What level of English test is this? Like, do you have to sort of be able to write an essay in sort of Chaucerian verse or something? It, it, It blew my mind. Her English seems great. Yeah, I mean, I understand if it's if like spelling is involved. Maybe, and you might oh, maybe feel that. But I don't. I don't know much about it. Our lawyer friend actually did get in touch and and uh, said that he had some thoughts on on the English test that he'll share with us presumably when when he comes on. Okay. But um, condolences. Uh, well, hopefully she can retake it anyway. Um, yeah, because I reckon she's got it in her. But this. This does seem to open up the possibility of um, of the fiancé visa rather than the work visa. So they were kind of hoping to to get her in the country through the the National Health Service, and now it's looking like um, that that obviously raises the stakes of the relationship, right? Uh, which may not be the greatest thing. Uh, but instead of jacking it all in, off he goes. Yeah. To be supportive, to be by her side, to be there for her when she needs him to figure out the next moves. This is not a man who just wants his socks picked up. No. Um, although... Unless he really wants his socks picked up. Although he does have a suitcase full of dirty underwear, which is a fun variation on candy panties. It is. I have to say. And I think it's the first time that we've seen lube packed. Yes, which I think, you know, that's... Maybe Little Rich is not that little. I'm not going (laughs) to comment on that. Um, But talking of which, uh, Richard was hosting a nudist, or as we say... uh, in this country, naturist, naturalist. Yeah, you've got to be really careful. A, a naturalist, I think I got this right. This is like astrology and astronomy, <laughs> isn't it? I think I got this right. A naturalist is like David Attenborough, right? Oh, okay. It's someone who's into like nature and okay. the environment and stuff. What you don't want to do is call a naturalist a naturist because <laughs> essentially, you know, you're calling David Attenborough a nudist, um, which he may may or may not be. I, what he does in the privacy of his own jungle <laughs> is his business. I bet when he's in the booth at um, Scramble Studios or whatever it is, wherever he records the voiceovers, I bet he insists on being completely nude. I once had a conversation <laughs> with David Attenborough about if he had to, I think, which which animal he would most like to breed with. It was a very strange what? conversation. Why would you ask someone that? I just like asking people weird things. <laughs> he answered. That is messed up. I can't remember what the answer was. It might have been a polar bear. 
I hope that's not. Um, please don't call us David Attenborough's publicist because I was joking and Robin was on some. 90s drug combination when he asked that question I'm sure so uh he loved it he gets bored being asked the same questions all the time that's that's fair enough I just don't know if I would go straight to bestiality um there are some hairy men at this I I think there was one was there were there any women there uh, there were two women. Uh, there was one woman who I think Richard probably would have had his eyes on. Um, and then there was one woman who he probably didn't. Let's put it that okay. way. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, But now for those of you who- it was It wasn't a sausage fest so much as what would a very old shriveled sausage <laughs> be called? Uh, it's just, it was a sausage skin fest. Just the skins of the sausages sagged all over the tables. Again, I'm not much of a sausage person. Uh, a, a kosher beef hot dog, <laughs> I, I'm i in full support of. Um, now, to be clear, this isn't... If, if you've all been uh, keeping up with 90 Day Love in Paradise the Caribbean edition or whatever it's called. Um, this isn't like Sherlon's swingers nudist resort kind of crowd. No. Um, this is more akin to, uh, if, if you can hearken back to Louis Theroux's celebrated weird weekends, um, this is slightly more akin to to that. Yeah, like nudism on, or, or nat. Naturism, I've forgotten it. Naturism, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's the British equivalent of libertarianism. It, it's um, <laughs> we demand that it's not that we particularly want to be naked, or, <laughs> or it's not. It's it's, it, it, it's we want not the, the right. You want the right to bear b a r e yeah arms. The, yeah, exactly. The right to bear everything. Anyway, not surprisingly, um, I mean. If you did this, for example, it wouldn't bother me. I I might think it was funny. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't mind. I don't think I'd even mind if you did it. It's because honestly, it's a desexualized environment. Yeah, it's like nudist beaches. If if you ever go to a nudist beach and if you find anything anything sexy about fat German when we sand up their bum cracks then you really do have very strange ideas. And even if someone is like ostensibly <laughs> beautiful, the moment you put them onto a nudist beach, they're immediately desexed. There's nothing sexy about nudist beaches. No, it's, and also you, you normalize it, especially, I mean, it sounds, it sounds really elitist in my accent because it's like, oh, I've been to Europe, not many, and, People in America, a lot of people in America associate Europe with sort of like, you know, very elite travels. But, um, you know, go to go to even the non nudist beaches are mostly topless and it's just a normal yeah. thing. Um, and men do wear very small uh, swimsuits, if you can even call them that. So most beaches in Europe, you you will walk along the beach and then you will get to the nude bit. Yeah, yeah. But but the rest of them, it. What I'm saying is, it's a very, it's a much more relaxed attitude toward 
nudity toward bodies. Right. And this is just British people. And it goes right back. Like there used to be sort of films made of like people staying at resorts in caravans in the fifties. And then it's, <laughs> to be honest, it is what passed for pornography back before there was proper pornography. So, but the people doing it were very innocent. And were just like, we want to be as God created us and free and whatever. Is that what you, is that what you had? Would you have to like I'm go into the woods old. and find yeah, going through and find, find like super eight footage <laughs> of people caravanning in the fifties. You their saw bums like out. <laughs> you had the like you 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 would like steal the film strip or the the film projector from school, and you would have to like you know those little pens where you turn it upside down, and then those it pens then were the hot. ladies. <laughs> take off but in this case it's like a film strip where you have to keep pressing it where it goes beep and then in the next one the lady's taking her top off beep and then the next one she's taking her knickers off that is exactly what gave me (laughs) all my thrills back in the 1950s when i was a young man (sighs) i should say um i i say knickers with such confidence now um i made one of the uh egregious errors in front of polite company when I was uh, a hot young thing in my early 20s. Um, A a young gentleman brought me home to his very conservative, uh, wealthy parents, and um, they complimented me on, on the dress that I was wearing, to which I replied, oh, thank you. I hardly ever wear pants in the summer. (laughs) Um, I thought that I was telling them that I did not wear trousers or jeans in the summer. In fact, I was telling them that I did not wear underwear. Yep. Pants, pants means underwear. I've been enjoying, um, sort of, um, Westworld a lot. I might have even spoken about this on a previous episode, but Aaron Paul, him out of Breaking Bad, Jesse, is is in it. And in the latest episode, but one, there's one tonight in there, but um, he, the, it's sort of an action thing. In the whole episode, he's running around doing things. And, and instead of the caption saying, breathes heavily, it just constantly flashes up pants all the time, like throughout this entire episode, like pants, pants. Pants and pants has another meaning in this country as well because we say pants when we mean shit. Yeah. So yeah. So you know that's completely pants means that's a load of you know. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, whoever wrote the the uh, closed captions for that episode of Westworld has come for Aaron Paul. They are properly saying shit, shit, shit all the way through it. So pants. The word pants has so many meanings. Yeah, and it, yes. <clears throat> Although it did occur to me that if you are hard of hearing and you're watching that, he might be singing. You don't know necessarily. Like, he could be screaming. He he opens his mouth, right? I mean, I'm saying someone who's panting, like, they could be screaming. Oh, sure. Yeah. But I'm just saying there are other words. You could say panting. Sure. But I think they deliberately enjoyed <laughs> Uh, now TV Sky Atlantic, if you're listening, get on those those uh, subtitles, closed captions. They did it earlier in the uh, in the season as well. There's a moment where he says to uh, the, the nemesis, "I have something you'll never have," and it's never answered what that thing is. But then the caption afterwards says, "Pants." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that show is 
awful. Um, <laughs> I think that's one of the the endearing things about our relationship is that I, uh, and you should know this, listeners, I am terrified, terrified of robots. And I deeply, deeply despise astronauts. And at the moment, Robin's got me watching one show about robots uh, and another about astronauts. And that's love. That's love. That's compromise. And everyone should compromise. Um, Richard does have a, a quick word with his friend Simon. He confides in him that he wants to make sure that uh, Kathleen's family trust him because the first meeting with her dad uh, gave him the impression that Richard was a sex tourist. Um, Which I think was covered in the last episode. Yeah, we did, everyone knows by now where we stand on that. Uh, Simon confirms again that Richard is genuine and authentic. And I think he is too. And I don't care if you don't like him. That is your decision to make. I will say there is not a huge amount of difference between Katie and Richard. Other than that, when Richard puts his foot in it, it sounds so much worse and just somehow doesn't have that charm. But I think the hearts are actually quite similar. I agree. And I also believe with all my heart that he's being tarred with uh, a very ugly brush because of some sort of, forgive the term, dog whistle kind of buzzwords that are thrown about that make him out to be way worse than he is. I'm not saying that I agree with phrases that he's used. Uh, The one that I take particular umbrage with that I mentioned before. Came up again, didn't it? Came up again. Uh, Don't marry the, the naughty girl. Don't marry the dirty girl. Why, Richard? What's wrong with a naughty girl? There's nothing wrong with the naughty guy. I couldn't possibly comment about what I did. Um, I would have thought <laughs> you definitely want to marry the the naughty girl. I can't imagine anything more boring in life than marrying someone who only picked up your socks and did your cleaning. And we all know that Kathleen is more than that and that that's what, you know... Yeah, I don't that's think that's what he's that's attracted to, yeah. and it's not the picking up the socks. She's thing. not I mean, the good on. girl either. She's she's you know she's got a load of spirit. They both have. Yeah, Richard's an idiot. He keeps using words that he shouldn't. He keeps saying things that he shouldn't. But here's the thing: I think we can all live and learn, and we can reflect on things. I reckon he will see this season and probably come to the conclusion that time's up on some of the language he uses and some of the beliefs he says he has because he thinks he'll get a laugh. I don't think he's going to be like that from now on. I no, think- I don't think so either. And I th- and I think that he's, and this is not me saying PC gone mad or any of those things. I really deeply appreciate and understand that uh, for an American audience in particular, yeah. any words that are, um, you know, that are made to sound dismissive of of women or 
or insulting towards women or misogynistic in any way are going, you're going to feel them a lot deeper. And well, I the completely stakes are really that. high in the market. Yeah. The yeah, they are. And uh, again, this is, this is a Richard Stan podcast. We, we just are, you know, there are plenty of other people who, uh, who don't like him and will agree with you. And I'm, I'm hoping that in listening to us, you can just consider just a different angle, just a different point of view. And I, you know, I think as time goes on, he'll, he will surprise you. Or he'll surprise us. Or he'll surprise us. Because the moment he actually does do some of the things people think he's going to do, I, I will not defend him actually mistreating her. No, of to course her not. In no way. It won't be funny. All I'm saying, it'll be horrible and I'll call it. Um, all I'm saying is I would rather see someone making mistakes and learning from them than I would rather take pleasure calling out people's mistakes. It's way more interesting that way as well. I some mean, growth, some development, some yes, narrative, some dynamism. Of, it's great. Part of the joy of this show and the, the whole concept of the show is watching a fish out of water, is watching somebody, you know, learn about a new world and discover new things about themselves and, and, and to change and grow and go through the whole hero's journey. That is what storytelling is built upon. So you should all be excited that there is a character who's interested in redemption. What was the name of the North African guy? Love you so much. I work so much work. Zied. Zied. Yeah. Do you remember how Zied at the beginning was a pig? No. He was a bit. He, again, it was that traditional and he, he said things that didn't kind of go well. And do you remember how he was like, she, Rebecca, right? This yes. is 90 Day OG. But you remember the scene in the bar where she's showing a bit of flesh and there was all, all, yeah. of, that, all of that stuff, right? And, and at the beginning, people thought that Zieb was an arsehole, right? But you got to know him and he got to know her. And he changed. He totally he changed. He changed his expectations. And that's why he's one of the best loved people in the 90 day universe, right? Yeah, so of course. that's what I love. I love people that have got potential. Um, and I think Richard has potential. We shall see. Unpolished gem. Like uh, Adam Sandler, right? Yeah, like, like, the, <laughs> like the nude quiz. <laughs> Plenty of unpolished gems there. Yeah. But this gem, this tumblestone of a podcast episode, I think is uh, is ready to be sold in the new age shop to an unsuspecting 25-year-old Scorpio. <laughs> um, is that good? Have I cooked it? Once again, thank you all so much for listening, for sharing this podcast with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thank you for sending us your feedback, for following us on the gram and on Twitter at Blighty Day. Email us at blightydayfiance.com. We cannot wait to hear from you. And we cannot wait to get together with Reality Gaze in the week. So uh, before the next episode recap, I think you'll probably get a little bonus from us there where we will talk all things international. Look out for that. Um, check out when that drops in your feeds, in your social. Um, so, yeah, we don't need a long goodbye because we'll be back very soon. No, and as our special little boy would say, See, see you soon! soon.